On this episode of Mistake by the Take, Jake and Dylan are back to talking Guardians. Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson with a mid-inning bout, as well as Josh Naylor and Tyler Freeman dealing with injuries of their own. Is Brian Rocchio the real deal? And the offense fully asleep, and we see it at the wheel with Gavin Williams, a historic start. All that before Jake gives his final review of the Hall of Fame game between the Browns and the Jets. All that and more on this episode of Mistake by the Take. Of mistake by the take, Jake Volnick alongside Dylan Feltovich, episode twenty-six. You are back. I am back. We're I'm back. here. We're back. Back and better than ever, baby. This is beautiful. We are we are now good to roll. Yeah, I'd say so. How how are you doing, Dylan? That's the most important. Question. I almost I haven't been here for so long. I almost forgot the most yeah, important question. I was, like, like, I was we're waiting just, for. We're it. just like staring at each other and just like what, what's happening, Dylan. Most important question. My good, wonderful friend, who I'm now in a dynasty league with. How you doing, bud? How you feeling? I can't lie. The Dynasty League, it's like taking forever for this draft. I'm okay with the long drafts, but my lord, man. Dude, it, it, the NFL doesn't start for a month. Who cares? Well, you're part of the problem, too. So I'm sorry that I work and I can't be on my phone for, you know, five-minute, ten-minute draft timers. Dude, I am the My pick is made within quickest. an hour, like, every time. I'm the quickest, though, for the, those picks. It's kind of insane. Well, you have fun living on your phone. I have like 20 plus dudes in my queue already and shit. I don't um, have a social life. That's basically what I'm saying at this point. But, you know. Hey, yo! You got 20 plus what and you're what? My dudes in my queue. Like, I don't Hey, know. yo! There's nothing wrong with that statement. <laughs> I got 20 plus dudes in my queue. No. Hey, yo! <laughs> Just sounds no. There's nothing wrong with Dylan. I don't. I don't shame and you know judge for things like that. You can have twenty it girls was, in your queue. It was 20 so dudes much in your queue. better when I was filming alone. You don't I have mean to that. do some bullshit like this. You don't mean that. You love it when I do this. No, I don't. <laughs> God. You didn't really answer the question, though. How are you doing? I want to go home. How are you that's doing? What I want. That's how I'm feeling. I want to go home. That's that's it. I've been working all day. I'm tired. Well, that makes both of us. We both yeah. worked today before recording this. Again, recording this on Tuesday, August the 8th, you know, yeah, mid-afternoon. Yes, it is the mid-afternoon in the location that is disclosed to everyone else. Undisclosed to everyone else. Disclosed to us. Dude, Words okay, anyways. <laughs> This I'm is a great start. It. I'm losing it today. We're dude. on an awesome start. I'm telling to the you episode. what. Yeah, I'm. Oof. What, what do you say we just speed things up yeah, and try just, to get on let's track? Go, let's move on and let's get to the to the bottom of this. You know. All right. Let's just uh, see if we can do things right by getting into hot off the press. All right. Here we go. Kicking things off and nothing but bad news because we're starting off in the NFL with the Cleveland Browns and Jerome Forster. Backup running back for the Browns, if you don't know, he's going to be the RB2 this year. And he pulled up in practice yesterday and was walked off with a trainer with a hamstring injury. Did Okay, so it was yesterday? Yes, it was yesterday's All right, practice. So that wasn't the reason why he didn't play on. The reason why he didn't play on on 
Friday. No, it was Thursday, my bad, right? Yes, the Hall of Fame game was Thursday. Yeah, the reason we recorded on Friday. Yeah, they basically just didn't play anybody who He's had good. any sort of reasonable amount of play time in the regular season. Got it, okay. Yeah, this one stings, especially, too, because you're considering him to be your RB2. And I know I talked about in that episode, the past episode, uh, episode 25, you know, it, he's going to probably take over a legitimate amount of carries that Kareem Hunt had. I think they're, and it sounds like what the reports are saying is Nick Chubb is most likely going to just take more of a bell cow opportunity now, but it still stings because he's supposed to eat up a couple of carries here and there, so hopefully, you know, the recovery time, they, they didn't say anything on a recovery time. Uh, No, my other job, I uh, got to listen to Mary Kay. Cabot talk, and she basically said that they have no official timetable on it, um, but they do expect that they're going to kind of take their time with this and make sure that you, know, you probably won't see him in the preseason. No, obviously not. Um, you didn't and, even see him in the first game, so. Right. Uh, you are going to see the starters here coming into game two. Yeah. The, the starters will go up against the commanders in the preseason game two, which we'll get into kind of our preview for that later in the episode. But. Yeah, you're probably not going to see him for health concerns for the rest of the preseason in hopes that he'd be ready for week one, but we literally have no information right now as of a time to return for Jerome Ford. Yeah, and it, it's frustrating because, again, I know people were very high on him and expecting something this year and stuff, and I, I'm assuming that we probably will you know, see him eventually. I just don't know when at this point, especially if they're not putting out a timeline. A little bit of concerns there, but, you know, I guess – Time will tell. Yeah, there was also another injury that we didn't even have written down, but it was uh, Drew Forbes, backup offensive lineman. He appeared in nine games last year for Cleveland. He was carted off the field with a back injury. Also, I believe Alex Wright got yeah. hurt as well, too. Correct, Alex Wright That one just popped hurt. up on my phone as well. Uh, it, it, okay. There was another D-end as well that was dealing with some injuries. I don't remember who that yes, was. Yes, it was... Uh, Isaiah, it wasn't McGuire. No, it was not Isaiah I forget McGuire. Who it was another D N. It was basically like your D N's four and five. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. Oh, okay. Here it is. Uh, Isaiah Thomas. That's Thomas. What it yes. Was. Yes. Uh, they went. They both are. Uh, it, it's because of they're getting a knee surgery today, and they are both expected to return early in the season. That's good. So at least some depth there. Yeah. Um, but Drew Forbes is also – I don't want to say it's a big hit because it's still a backup lineman at the end of the day. But, but still, we talked about that depth being pretty low in that area. And the way I feel like we've dealt with lineman injuries the last couple of years – You don't want to take that risk. No, you, you need the depth. Exactly. Um, returning to Jerome Ford, though, this also comes like days after the Browns decide to cut Nate McCrary, which I might be speaking gibberish to people who aren't paying attention, but he was like – one of your five running backs on the 90-man roster, and they dropped him right before the end here, and now you're looking at serious depth problems. Well, I didn't really have too much concern with it. I even said that on Friday on Friday's podcast where I was like, I'm assuming that Nate McCreary's probably going to get cut at this point just because, I mean, everyone in that running back room did pretty well. Dimitriq yep. Felton did well. Felton and, played really well. Uh, and, um, Hassan, Hassan Hall did well, and yep. also uh, John Kelly. Yeah, John so, Kelly looked really good, too. It was kind of just like, oh, like, I expected that to happen. He only got two carries, I believe, for only six yards. So I wasn't really surprised about But now you're looking at it, 
I don't think they're going to go and sign someone with this Jerome Ford injury. I don't expect it. I feel like they'll probably just lean into their running back room now. I mean, you got four guys. So I would I would assume if they do make a signing, it's not going to be a big name whatsoever. It's probably just going to be someone to fill in just even for preseason depth at this point. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, moving on, though, away from the Browns, sticking with football, though, Jonathan Taylor uh, left training camp to get rehab on his ankle, the same ankle that he hurt last year that kept him out for so long. Is this even surprising? No, I mean, it's not surprising, but at the same time, Jim Mersey was kind of yeah. I mean, we had do the, you think we had he the, was kind of correct on that then? Uh-huh. I, 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 we were talking about ghost back injuries, like right where Ursay was saying that he was saying with a back injury, and then you know Jonathan Taylor was like, "Yo, I never said that." Right. Um, but I don't. I think this is a legitimate thing. Like a guy's coming off an ankle injury. Yeah, you're gonna have to rehab it. Right. No, and I I completely understand that. But at the same time, I still I, I don't know. I'm a little concerned about it. There's especially too. Again, I am not. We've talked about this before. We're not on board for paying a running back no. big money. That's that we both agree on that one. But at the same time, when you don't have an established quarterback in that room, that especially to a rookie, you really need someone to rely on in the run game. And Jonathan Taylor was going to be that guy. Now, especially too, Zach Moss is hurt with the broken arm. Yep. It's. I don't want to lean into Deion Jackson when I have Anthony Richardson going out there. It's too much of a concern. Hey, yo, Deion Jackson looked pretty good in his limited time, though. He, I mean, he didn't look bad, but at the he's same not time, Jonathan Taylor. he's not no, Jonathan not. Taylor. And if you don't have a healthy Jonathan Taylor, it's going to cause a little bit more problems for Anthony Richardson because now he's not going to be able to be like, all right, well, I'll just give it to the guy that can at least get me four or five yards. I know for sure each time. So I'm 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 a little bit concerned. I really hope he does pan out because again I I took him in our dynasty league. But it, it it's a blow not only to the Colts but just like Anthony Richardson himself and his development track. Yeah. No, I mean it, it's tough for Anthony Richardson, but I mean that team is that is a mess of a team right now. I don't necessarily think it's a mess. I think there's obviously oh, there's concerns. There's a bad a decent defense. amount of I'm not. I was looking more strictly in the offense. I mean, their defense is yeah shaky. Yeah, for sure. Offense with a rookie quarterback that has I think it's concerns at least in a lot of people's eyes. I feel like well, there was Jonathan Taylor's. You know, you're dealing with all of this right now. We've been talking about this for a couple weeks now, and wide receivers. There, there is some promise with the wide receivers. Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman. Again, there's a chance that he could potentially step into that wide receiver one role. I'm not saying that it will happen. I don't think he's bad. It's just like I think Alec Pierce could potentially be a two, and then you got you um, Josh Downs. Don't forget about Josh Downs coming out of the slot. Great guy there. I I think it's obviously this year is not going to be a very good year for them. Definitely not. It's pretty clear. Healthy or hurt, it does not matter. That team is going to suck. Either way. I mean, also, too, you're playing the Texans twice a year, so it's not like it's going to be horrendous. But either way, I just think that it's going to be – you got to give this a year to kind of, like, just settle down and just know that this ain't going to be it, and you're going to have to just wait and trust the process. 
I know whenever we say that, it kind of has a negative connotation because... Thank you, Philly. Yeah. But either way, I am going back to the Jonathan Taylor thing. Yes, it is a major blow. Yeah, no, it hurts. Uh, if Jonathan Taylor isn't going to play you know, at the start of the season either, the Colts are in major trouble. Oh, yeah. Um, but moving on from that, we have some expected signings. I don't think these are official as of right now still. But Anthony Barr, linebacker previously with, I mean, I remember him with the Vikings. I think that's where he last was off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But I'm not entirely sure. I think so. It's where I know he, most of his career was played. I'm yeah. sure. If anybody remembers him, it was probably from the Vikings. And running back, former Cleveland Brown, Kareem Hunt. Expected to sign there. Um, I don't know. I kind of like it for the Saints. I don't. No? Anthony Barr? I I'm, think Barr's fine. I Barr... It depends on how much Barr was. I, I yeah, just I don't no really. Clue. We don't have any information. Yeah, on I'm not. As, I'm assuming that it's not going to be that much. No, if you're if, when, if you're a free agent right now, you're probably not getting the bag. Yeah, and I don't know. I have I, the, that running back room is filled. Like, there's no reason to go out there and drop money on well, Kareem Hunt. The it's running only back three room game is filled. Yeah, well, you're without your star running back for three games. You have Jamal Williams, and then you just took one in the third round. Yeah, what, Kendra Miller? Yeah. Yeah. So then w- what's the point of getting a third back in that room? Um, and then four once uh, once Alvin Kamara serves the suspension. Well, There's I, no point. I think that you're sitting there. So you're obviously without Kamara for three games. Three games, which, by the way, should not be, like, very difficult games. I don't remember the exact names on the schedule, but it's not hard. Um, but I, I think there's fear there with Kendra Miller, obviously. like It's a rookie running back. There's obviously never going to be absolute certainty. And you're without Kamara, and then Jamal Williams has never in his life been a like RB1, like a bell cow in any sort. Yeah, but at the same time, it's only for three weeks that you're going to miss that piece. And you're facing... The Titans, the Panthers, and the Packers. Yeah. Which. No, I mean, it's an easy schedule, 100%. Like, you should probably, if you're the Saints, at least take one of those games, if not two. Which, at that point, you probably just, I would rely more on your pass game at that point. I mean, like, you signed Derek Carr. Obviously, you're going to trust him. And you have Chris Olave, took him in the first round. Hopefully, Michael Thomas stays healthy. Yeah, well, we already, yeah, pretty much already not. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I think you well, like no, no, pulled no. a hammy or something already, but it's, yeah. Oh, Michael Thomas? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Either way, though. It's a classic Michael Thomas. You say, yeah, unfortunately. Never counting on him. Right. But you sign one of the, like, I mean, the the, the signing was so stupid by the Saints of Derek Carr. In my oh, opinion. I 100% agree. And then you're going to tell me that you're just going to load up on running backs now, too, and then rely on your run game? Like, I, that, that's mind-boggling at this point. You are in it. I understand. They are in a very bad division. But at the same time, come on. You need to realize that your team is just not where it needs to be. Well, unfortunately, I think they're probably the favorites right now to win that division. And so. I don't even think they win, truthfully. I don't think they win the division. I think they do, but not because they're a good team. No, I, I think they win because that division is so piss poor. Well, when you're facing either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask two times. By the way, both listed as a QB1. Which, there's yeah. a literal or on their depth chart. I 
still mind-boggling. I think it's Baker that takes the job. But you would hope, I mean, it is technically listed as Baker is the one and Trask is the two, but again, with an or in between. So, I mean, in a division, obviously, when you're facing those two and then a rookie in Bryce Young and then what was the other t- – oh, uh, Desmond Ritter. Like, obviously, yeah, but at the same time, like, you're not going to do anything. Ritter the rifle. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't mind Ritter, but, like. I don't think he's good. Um, We got one last. We'll uh, we'll just mention this one, and then we'll get to the one that we're actually going to talk on. Uh, the line signed Teddy Bridgewater. Which was pointless. Yeah. Okay. Especially when you draft Hennon Hooker. Yeah, sure. Reliable vet backup quarterback. Sure. Hopefully Jared Goff doesn't get hurt. You yeah. never have to see Teddy B anyway. Uh, the one I really want to talk about, though, Orioles broadcaster. This this man is in our field, Kevin Brown. He's an analyst. Is suspended by Baltimore for mentioning the team's poor record versus the race. That was ridiculous. Dude, there was a graphic on the screen displaying the information, and he talked people through it. By the way, never brought any opinion into the piece at all. When I was watching the video, I was expecting him to say something bad or just you know, any like something that would be a bootable offense and he didn't he just said the stats like it was nothing i, I was like are you serious this is absolutely absurd and i never had any run-in really with you know obviously not a personal run-in but even information run-in with a baltimore baltimore owner like in any sport pretty much except for you know if you want to go like ravens art model but again i wasn't even alive so I just, like, this is such a bad look. Especially, too, like, I'd get it if you guys are struggling and you're just kind of just. They're at the top that's of what the I'm division. Saying. The AL East that's of what all I'm divisions. Like, like, I would understand if he was just kind of piling on, if it's a shit season, they're at the bottom of the division, not doing anything, and it's just like, really, you had to display that graphic. But no, they're doing well, and he just pointed out the fact that historically they're not that good against the Rays. Yeah, especially in the last few years when, hey, guess what? Your team was when they were shit. shit. Like it's like he, obviously the, the owner was mad because he thinks it makes it look like he was cheap and poor and not spending money and like just having a bad team. No, it was just you were trusting in your prospects, which you should have. Screw you're it, not you a big probably. Team. If you want to go in terms of like, yeah, you're not the Yankees or the Dodgers. You are cheap. That's what you had to do, though. And that's, yeah. if you're not a big market team, you have to rely on your prospects, and it takes time to develop them. You go through bad years. And then what What happens? That. Then now you're good. Like, it's just it, it's mind-boggling that someone would get suspended for just listing off stats and it, not being – he wasn't even – he wasn't biased. No, not at all. I, I mean, if, if he gets fired, the city of Baltimore might burn to the ground over this ownership. Yeah. Like, I would be through the roof pissed. Like, if this was the Dolans, and that was, you know, what whatever, you know, Rick Manning, we'd be losing our minds. Yeah. Rick Manning's dropping the, uh, you know, the, the curse words over there. I don't even remember what it was that he said. Um, I forget. Yeah, it was like uh, an oh shit or something like yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, like, Ridiculous. and we don't care. And this guy's talking people through graphics quite literally doing his job an analyst doing analysis right and he's suspended also to as a side note anthony barr had a good visit with the saints but departed without a deal so little correction there okay just yeah that he has other apparently he has other interest from like other teams and stuff like that i thought he was so good so i mean yeah veteran linebacker shoot 
Maybe the Browns. God, yeah, with that uh, that linebacker room is. I, I feel like there's a, there's not a depth problem there. It's just like a good depth problem. Yeah, I I don't know. But it's not a Browns episode, and hot off the press is coming and wrapping up in a conclusion. And you know what that means? We have to call on our good friend Dylan. I've been gone for so long. I can't even remember her name. Oh wow! I was gonna say you could take the honors. Since oh, I'll, I'll take back. it. All right, I mean, of course ahead. I remember. Yeah. I was just you know setting you up. But oh, it's really? Like, okay. Yeah. Lisa, put out that fire. Great. Now we'll never get the game back. Of course we will. And there it is. Um, this will show you how much work I got to do on the last episode. Um, did you do hot off the press? No, I didn't. I specifically. Wow. I just said I was like, all right, listen, I'll just go through everything and just get it over with. Because well, you, this man, dude, this, man this man, this man didn't let the game serious? come back. I promised the game would come back, and you lied. Are you serious right <laughs> you now? Lied. Do not even start with me. I was the one that showed up and filmed it, buddy. Yeah. Hot off yeah. the press. Hot off the press Shrug is a staple. all you want. Hot off the press is a staple, and you let it die. Poor little Timmy over there is going to be real sad now because the game didn't come back for one yeah, episode. Yeah, well, the ne- <laughs> never mind. I won't say what I was going to say. Okay, yeah. Now we're playing the, the game of Oh, know, yeah. We were going to take cards. some real shots there. All right. All right, but so anyway, shots can go flying around this podcast if they need to, all right? I think we both prefer that doesn't ridiculous. happen. Unreal, man. I give you one day to sleep in, and I, I could have flipped shit on you. I could have been like, all right, you know what? Screw you. You didn't show up. No. I was like, you know what? I'll handle it. I'll be a nice guy. Talked for an hour. Did my job. It's whatever. It's fine. I'll remember that. Hey man, some of us are you're struggling out here. Um, it's a guards episode. I'm I'm struggling too. So yeah, I know. We we both are. We're, we're, we're both down bad, especially with my text last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we won't we won't get into that. No, one. you, you don't want to go into that yeah, one. No. Uh, <laughs> if if the uh, podcast heard that, they would also hit you with a now for the fourth time this episode. Hey <laughs> yo. Yeah, it was a bad one. Yeah, they, bad yeah that was bad that night. was not ideal. Um. But it's a guards episode. Yeah, we should probably talk about sports. Yeah, maybe. We're only, you know, 20-some you know. minutes in at this point. Um, so, uh, we can't drop the ball on the first topic to talk about here. Jose Ramirez needs a UFC contract. Oh, my God, dude. Oh that was insane. Oh, my God. Dana White, get on the phone. Yeah. That was the meanest right hook thrown in baseball. Well, no, hold on. Let me pull that back. I was going to say in the modern era. No. And I have to pull that back because Rugnet Odor had that the meanest right hook. The, no, that, that was probably the number one. For sure. Odor? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that, that was – was it a hook, though? It, it wasn't, like, it really was a hook. A, it was, like, a straight, like a jab. I don't know. He got – But it was clean. Fucking blast. Yeah, that like, one. I mean, he knocked Jose Bautista's glasses off. Yeah, it was – I mean, you can frame that in an art museum. Oh, literally. I mean, it might be framed, you know, in my man cave one day. Probably. I, I don't even like Rugnet Odor, but I like yeah. guys that throw punches in baseball. That is... Yeah. We might as well get this one. Absolutely sick. Yeah. Yeah. We might as well get this uh, hung up in the in the, in the man cave. Dude, okay, wait, hold on. Let's, 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 like, just go in on this, okay? The man not only landed one of the meanest right hooks in the modern baseball era, he slipped three punches. It was, it was kind of a whale... He like okay. If we're talking like 
specifics and like getting into like the form wasn't the best of forms. No, 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 not at all. Because here's the problem. He, I mean, he was getting held back by a Chicago White Sox player. Yeah, yeah Michael was Kopech kind of was on his back. Yeah, that that was bullshit. But overall, I'm a, I'm a man that's very whatever gets the job done. Just do it. Cleveland's a blue-collar town, man. You right. got to work and you work hard. It doesn't have to be smart. So, and you know what? The one punch that he landed got the job done. Yeah, sat Timmy down on his ass. That's and, what it did. Oh, if we're gonna getting into more of a serious talk about this situation, Tim Anderson had this coming for him. There's no doubt about it. Now, do you mean in general or in this specific instance? Uh, in general. Okay. In, in general, I would agree with you because Tim Anderson is, I mean, he's got a history of doing not this, but, you know, causing and stirring up problems a little bit. That's that's what I'm saying. And, like, people say, oh, you know, he's, he's changing the game and he's making it more, you know, fun for people to watch his stuff. I'd agree with you if the year was 2020. Right. But the, this man is on the same home run drought practically as Miles Straw. Well, and at the same time, yeah, I get that. You know, you want to make the game exciting and stuff, but at the same time, you still have to respect it. And I don't want to talk like boomers or anything like that, because obviously I'm okay with the bat flips and all that. Seriously, I do not care, especially to- Nor like, should anybody. Right. It's, bat it's flips are part stupid. of the game. Yeah. But when you're taunting other players and in a sense where you're not giving him the respect, and then you're also putting them in- a chance to get injured too like that's bullshit and right. that's what tim anderson has been doing for the longest time because again i don't have problems with the bat flips and the antics like that i get it it gets chippy sometimes too like shit talking happens i've gotten in plenty of them too and i don't like it but at the same time it happens but at this point when you're putting other people's bodies at a chance of getting injured i just i cannot live with that no no it's absolutely uncalled for and very stupid this specific instance though like i'm never gonna say jose's in the wrong because that's my guy that's my dog i don't think he was i don't think he was either but i also don't think there was a whole lot like this should this specific moment in time should not have caused a fight this was definitely pre-built tension oh yeah a hundred percent it was this wasn't Something that happened just like that. Like, Tim Anderson stood over him for a second, but when I was watching, it wasn't anything, like, egregious. Like, he wasn't, you know, like, but no, it dropping did. the gonads on the dude's forehead or anything. But no, it was more of, wasn't there something that happened in the past? Uh, yeah, the, the last uh, series with the White Sox back when they were in Chicago, it was Gabriel Arias. That's who it was. And Tim Anderson was sort of, you know, chipping at him, talking his talk at him, and... uh yeah, that obviously didn't work out too well for him. Come next time they want to come to Cleveland. Also, shout out the fans at the game. Oh my gosh, my the parents fight, were at the game. The whole fight, the whole fan base is chanting the the Jose chant. The Jose, oh, yeah. Jose, Jose, Jose. Which they should. Oh, it's dude. It's electric. Like it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, <laughs> also, a big shout out. Uh, before I forget to mention this, because I absolutely will. Uh, we've had Logan Potoski on current broadcaster of the Lake County Captains, as well as John Vacari, former broadcaster of the Lake County Captains, currently with the Great Lakes Loons. Lake County's doing all that they can with this. Did you see the promotions oh they gosh, put out? Oh my gosh, that was hilarious. It's uh, 
Jose Ramirez Appreciation Week, where anybody named Tim can go take a seat on the grass for free, a.k.a. sit on the outfield berm with the uh, official ID with the name Tim, Timothy, anything like that on it. Um, anybody wearing a Jose Ramirez jersey, I know that they get a free Bam Bam, which is either one of those blow-up boxes. I think it's one of those, yeah. yeah it's like the two things you hit clackers, together, right? Yeah. yeah. It's that, it's a blow-up bag, it's a blow-up boxing club. Whatever it is, I think it's the Clackers. I think you're right. Um, Then there were a couple of other things. I think they're having a punch-out competition in their oh, yeah, 80s like arcade a, suite. Yeah. The game punch-out, the arcade game. And They went all in on that. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. There was one more thing. But, like, what a great – and it was so fast. They, they jumped oh, yeah. on it, like, within a day. Yeah, it was immediately right after it. So shout out them on that. I mean, that's just golden. I wish my name was Tim. Yeah. So I could participate. Yeah, that's a, that's a, I don't really like the name Tim. No, I don't either. I, I wouldn't want to be named Tim. Well, we're Jake and Dylan. We're also not. I mean, Dylan's not. No. Jake, yeah. That was the most popular baby name of my year. But that's besides the point. And, and the other thing, too, Tim, going back to Tim Anderson, uh, the actual Tim Anderson, it, it's not like his stats are really backing him up this year. No, he sucks this year. He's batting two forty two. It's kind yeah. of like, like you said, it's. Like almost Miles Straw. Yeah, he's where, a, but the difference is Miles Straw is good in the field. Tim Anderson's a liability at shortstop, and he's not known for being a home run hitter. That's never his thing. I mean, he always he he only in 2018 he notched 20 home runs. That was it. That was his career max. He's had times where it's 17, 18, but that's about it. So, but that's livable from that's, your shortstop. That's what I'm saying. Because also too, in that in the same year, I mean, he was batting 240. But when you could do get twenty home runs, and then also that same year he twenty eight doubles, sixty four RBIs. So like he wasn't terrible in those years. But then you're gonna go out here and just not even back it up at this point because you're you, it. I don't know. Yeah, there, there's your gurgle. Yeah, dude. Way. I don't yeah. know what that was. All right, we're just gonna move past that. Yeah. But um, no, I mean if you're gonna be the guy to talk the talk. You got to have the star to back it up. Like Tim Anderson is the Dylan Brooks of the MLB. Yeah, and honestly, that might be disrespectful to Dylan Brooks somehow. And he's had a very—he just he, am, am I crazy for saying this? But like, he's just not that guy that he used to be anymore. No, hundred percent, he's not. Okay. No. I, I because I saw some beef on Twitter and people no. were saying he's still good. Blah, blah, blah. It's oh my like, god. You know, pull all of it your head out of all wasn't of your wasn't any. It wasn't White Sox guys even. It was like other people. Double and, pull all of your head out of your ass. Right. What is that? So I. that's why I was just like, am I crazy for thinking that he's still not very good? I mean, 2018 was his last, I wouldn't say his last good year, but that was the year that he really broke out yeah. to the scene. Uh, no, Tim Anderson's not good. Like I said, I, I just called him the Dylan Brooks of the MLB. That's not good. That's fair, yeah. Um, suspension's handed down on this, too, by the way. We already have those all panned out. Uh, Tim Anderson led the way. He got six games, and Jose was right behind him with three. Makes sense. They were the two throwing punches. Um, both of them are appealing their suspension, which, uh, if you didn't know, is just MLB terms for a guarantee. I think every player pretty much appeals their suspension and Basically, hopes that yeah. they can you know, get back a game or two. But those were the most, and then a couple others hand out. I know uh, Tito Francona got a game. Mike Starball, the Guardians' third base coach, got a game. Emmanuel Classe got a game. Uh, the White Sox manager, whose name is slipping my mind right now, 
also got a game, and then Gabriel Arias, as well as I believe Michael Kopech, were hit with undisclosed fines. Yeah. That that sound, was, does it sound right to you? You think that's like proper handouts? I was a little bit shocked that Anderson picked up, doubled the games of Jose Ramirez. I, I think that, I was shocked. Well, okay, let me clarify. I was shocked in the sense that I didn't expect them to do that. I thought Jose Ramirez was going to get more, to be honest with you, because he fucking threw a punch and nailed him and knocked him out, basically. No, he knocked him out. But. I, I don't know. I just feel like it was one of those things where it's, all right, I'll take it, I guess. Yeah, I, You expect the guy who lands a massive punch like that to, to kind get of, the bigger suspension. I still expected Anderson to get the bigger suspension, not because of the incident itself, but because Anderson has a history of doing stupid stuff. Well, and I also think, too, they probably looked at it as well and said that there was probably some instigation. Yeah, don't – I mean – Obviously, when these are going to be handed down, the umpire there is going to be called in, who is going to have heard everything that happened, pretty much. Which I'm assuming that's what probably went down there. And, I mean, hey, is three games, I, I wouldn't even appeal it, to be honest with you. I would just take it, just eat it this year, so then you don't have to worry about doing with the next year, though. No, I mean, the appeal process will be faster than that. It'll still get handed out this year. I think the hope is that it could go down to, like, two games. Even then, at that point, what's... You keep playing baseball until you don't. I guess. Either yeah, way, There's though, no way the guy's suspension's going down to zero. I mean, you right, clock somebody in the mouth. You, you cl- <laughs> when you punch someone in the face, like, yeah, I mean, there's probably a little bit of suspension. I know, <laughs> and we talked about, like, how, you know, we wanted sports to have more fighting and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Dude, there, Jose answers. What a man. What a man Jose is. There we go. He, he's just doing it all for us, okay? He's all playing for the fans. incredible baseball. He's starting fights. I, reminiscent of George Valera. I mean, the Guardians are just a gritty team this year, and it's not even at the major league level. It's a whole organization. <laughs> Valera was starting fights down in Trip Lake Columbus. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to in, respond to that. I love fighting in baseball. We need more of this. Oh, no, I agree. I probably shouldn't actually say that, but no, I would say that we need more of this. If... We don't need more fighting in baseball, but if there's going to be bench-clearing incidents, at least make it worth my while. Yeah. I mean, you know, hockey at least gives some time for them to go at it, and then they're like, all right. Well, that's practically what happened here. The umpire, like, tried to hold them off for a little bit. He's just like, like, yeah, let's see what happens. He's like, that's enough for me. Yeah. I'm not dying over this. I'm not going (laughs) to take a punch. Yeah. This man dropped his glove and squared up. I'm out of here. That was, I was, like, he just. Dude, it was like a hockey fight. I was like, oh, okay, he's just squaring up. And then Jose drops him with that. I'm like, you cannot square up and then get dropped like that. I feel like anybody who would square up on a baseball field does get dropped like that. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Like, I don't know. That was, that was so pain. It was kind of painful to watch. To be (laughs) honest with you, I was just like, like it's two guys that just don't know how to fight, and they were going at it too. I, just, I don't know. Tim Anderson's punches actually looked like—I mean, he missed obviously, but they didn't look like if they would have connected, they would have done some damage. I feel like, like they were okay punches. I don't know. Like Jose's looked yeah. a little wonky, but Jose's is the one that dropped a man. I well, don't. Yeah, obviously, but at the same time, I, I don't know. I just think that it was like oh and they're they're fighting like it's just i don't know i guess took you back to your little league days watching the kids yeah, throw their gloves like, at each other it's just i don't know i'm i guess with baseball i'm used to if there is a fight i'm used to them just kind of you know shoving and yeah, stuff yeah that's all it is but 
They go touch fronts. So, it's just like seeing two dudes just start wailing at each other. I was like, oh, what the? <laughs> this just doesn't look right. Bad form, but hey, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, no, in all realisticness, neither of them getting a UFC contract anytime soon, but... Obviously. One of them because they're going to be suspended six games, the other one three. Uh, and we take that. Yes. Yeah, we take, we it take every that every day. Um, yeah, pretty much wraps it up. Jose and Tim Anderson, neither of them yet serving their suspensions, both still in the appeal process. Uh, I believe that Francona and Klasse both served their game last night. Mike Sarball, again, the night of recording Tuesday, will be serving it tonight. Um, so after we recorded our last Guardians episode, which was tuesday of last week came out actually way later on like friday but was planned <laughs> yeah. out for yeah. wednesday no never mind i won't start yeah. another thing what don't it's okay. calm down over there anywho right what are we doing calm down don't tell me what to do asshole. reel it in man <laughs> reel it in we're beefing now <laughs> now it is about to be tim anderson and, yeah <laughs> what was what was his last time james hudson and uh who smacked him upside the head? Was it Oconquo? Yeah, it was Oconquo. <laughs> yeah. You, you want to go back to that? Away. Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, scroll through our Twitters. Mine probably easier, you know, to sift through there. than yours. Yeah. But, yeah, that that would be the fight. In, in this one, I'm Jose and you're Tim Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, but, yeah, we, when we were recording, news broke a couple hours after we had finished, really. It was probably, what, an hour, hour and a half maybe? Yeah. Uh, and that was the Josh Bell trade that we just never got to talk about. Um, I've had some time to sit on it. Initially, I was really excited for it, and I still kind of am. Uh, he got traded for, uh, at this point, I don't even remember the guy's name, Khalil something, Watson? Qu- yeah, Khalil Watson. Watson, Watkins, something like that? Watson. Watson. You're right. Um, he's a shortstop prospect. He was, I believe, the 11th in the organization yes. for the Marlins. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fine. He's 21. He's in high A. 20. 20? Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember how he's younger than Ah, he is me. younger than yeah. us, yeah. Um, well, weird to think about. Definitely weird. Um, scrap that. I don't know my information. He's 20. Uh, I don't know why I remember all that information. No, that's... With you. I mean, it's good information to have. There we go. Uh, but yeah, Watson, 20, playing in high eight. You're not going to see him for years to come. Um, The other thing you got back was Gene Segura, who was immediately released. Cut, which I wasn't surprised about that one. No, not really. So... Essentially, what the guards did was drop Josh Bell without having to pay the money. Which was, in my opinion, still a pretty good deal. Because the so pro- I'm, I'm okay, okay with it in the long term, right? Okay, so like this is... Initially, I was just excited for it because Josh Bell has been disappointing this year. Yeah, no, 100%. There's no way yeah. around that. Like, he's been bad. But he hasn't been so bad to the point where you're better off without him in the lineup now. And he's been hitting better as of late was the thing that's really killing you. Like, the recent success the Guardians were finding before the trade deadline was not, I don't want to say solely on the back of Josh Bell, because of course not, but he was a major part in it. No, I I completely agree. But I think at the same time, are you shifting? You This has to be a move now where they're saying, all right, we're just focused on 2024 now. No, it's... I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. You waved the white flag on the season. But the problem is... <laughs> but you, the problem isn't that you waved the white flag on the season, because plenty of teams waved the white flag on the season. Right, but... You waved it while you were a half game out of first place in your division. You keep 
towing the line of like, all right, we're going to be contenders this year, or eh, you know, maybe maybe our time's next year. And it's just it's a back and forth effect where you think you're going to do this, but then you don't, and it's just it's frustrating because it's like pick your damn mind. Like it, it's really not that hard. No, either like, and why can't you do that to start the year, right? Like. Josh Bell and Mike Zadina were not going to send you over and make you a huge contender, which maybe that was a thought process in the beginning because the Guardians, let's face it, overperformed in 2022. They did. Like, there was no reason they should have played as well as they did and then got to the playoffs and beat a Rays team with a better record than they had. But, like, you weren't going to be an amazing team to start. And then you're at the trade deadline very much in the mix. And if you're going to say, like... I'm not afraid to say it. It's a year-by-year game. Like, if you're in a position to compete, you can't just take that for granted and just dump it. No, I, I completely agree. And it's, again, we've talked about it before. When you're in this spot, there's no tanking in baseball. That's not a thing. No, I mean, if, tanking in baseball is called developing your prospects That's, and giving them yes, major league reps. Exactly. But you don't get anything out of that other than hoping that your players pan out. In so, like, if you're going to compete, then why don't you field the best team? That's and it just it, it just makes it makes no sense. And I'm still trying to figure out where I want them to be. Do I want them to be competing for you know to be in the playoffs? Yes, obviously it was a cool experience last year. But at the same time, you know, it, it's it, you're you're not going to do anything. You're not going to do anything worthwhile in the playoffs when you get there. No. You're, and your you're schedule, not. we looked at in the, in the past episode that we did, we looked at the schedule. It's a tough one. Yeah. It's it, not going to be easy down the stretch. The Twins, even if we had like not have, you know, sold away some pieces and kept our team as strong as possible. They have the upper hand. It, it would have been tough. Yeah. Um. Do you really think this team's set up to compete for 2024, though? Like be a serious contender in 2024? Do you think getting rid of Josh Bell, Aaron Savali, and Ahmed Rosario made you better for next year? Like, that much better? I think the first thing that it did is it gave you clarity at some positions. Because now you know that there won't be that many log jams. Right? Well, first, I didn't think first base was a problem. Like, bundle of people where you have? Like, no, it was Josh Bell, Josh Naylor. Right, Those but at the same time, team. there was other people knocking on the door, especially with the Savali trade. It yeah, became well, sort of a problem. Those trades were obviously made not in conjunction with each other, but like with each other in mind. Right. So, but I'm saying if you would have kept the team the same, you wouldn't have had that that logjam. Yeah, and and that's fine. But and again, I want to I want to make it very clear. I was on board with the Savali trade. I think it's the right time to move off of him. I'm just, no, I agree. You know, playing devil's advocate, posing hypotheticals here. No, I, and you're completely correct on that. But if you wanted to go position by position, I don't necessarily know if it's 2024 being our year because you still need to see something from Bo Naylor because yep. you, you've seen some glimmers, but you haven't seen consistency. He, dude's still hitting like sub 200 or right around the mark. So... I I think that's what you're hoping for in 2024. It's more consistency from Bo Naylor. I think you're going to want to see some clarity then with 
who's the other guy in the rotation in the the first base DH, kind of whatever they like to do there. At this point, you probably assume that's Manzardo. That's probably, yes. He's probably going to fill in that role. At some point in 2024. Yeah. I think also, too, you want to figure out the right side of the outfield as well as center field because you can't keep trotting out the mouse straw show. Like, that's... That's a it's ridiculous. Yeah, we point. say we can't, but we're how I mean, many you, games you deep right now? You technically can, but you know it's it's still happening, right? So, I think those pieces are what's going to be your big question marks moving forward in the year. But then, I think another one, it's not going to be as big, but I still think, especially with Rokio now, I don't know. We're still going to do it short, you know. Because the dude's doing pretty good. Yeah. And that's, that's a major that problem. That was my biggest fear when we brought him up. Did it make sense to me? Because now you're like, oh, man, we don't have the clarity that we thought we did. Because we thought Arias was going to be the guy moving forward. Perfect. Move off of Freeman eventually. Take take your uh, Colin Cowherd, says, as he says, take your picks. Because apparently you yeah, can you trade, can those trade picks. picks in baseball, according Maybe to Colin can... Coward and some other commentators. You no, know, it was just just him, right? But... Maybe we could get a third round from. But <laughs> do you, you think I could trade a fifteenth rounder and get something back? Or <laughs> I think you'd go for fifteenth rounder. Yeah, I, I love a good fifteenth round pick. So, <laughs> any... I love when my guys start in you know the Florida Complex League, right? No, you're in the Dominican League at that point. <laughs> hey, dude, the Dominican League's probably more competitive. Oh, dude, probably, yeah. Those kids are crazy. Yeah, no kidding, but. The way that I look at it now is like you just cause more problems because I get it. It's it. It's good that he's you know. It's good that he's good. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, dude. It's good that he's good, but it's bad that he's good. <laughs> it's frustrating. It really is. Um, before we climb right into Rokio, I want to throw something out, and this wasn't even in our outline, but we should absolutely talk about this. Uh, you talk about log jams at positions, and I'm just going to slot Rokio down under. Our, point that's there um because i want to talk about the injuries that are there right now yeah um josh naylor is currently out for what's expected to be three to six weeks he has an oblique strain and tyler freeman which is a major reason why rokio is up right now as well um is dealing with shoulder soreness although rokio technically called up before freeman was you know injured and then tana got the call up once freeman was injured but a main reason for Rokio's playtime right now is that Tyler because Freeman Freeman's down. hurt. Yeah, and since they like to do a lot of switching and platooning, yeah, I could see why it, it happens. But at the same time, I don't really like that he's getting the the call up because again, it, it you just, know, it just creates more problems. Yeah, and more questions. And now Arias is kind of back on the hot seat for twenty twenty four now. Yeah, no, one hundred percent he is. Um, hey, enjoying this edition of Mistake by the Take? Never miss an episode by hitting the follow button on the podcast and by dropping a follow on all of our socials. That's at Mistake by the Take on Instagram and at MBTT Pod on Twitter. Again, at Mistake by the Take on Instagram and at MBTT pod on Twitter. Thanks a lot. And now back to the show. Before we even get to shortstop, though, like 
The nailer, yeah. The, the I nailer go one. Nailer. The nailer one is what really gets you because you got bit by the injury bug and you know got bit in your ass as fast as possible after trading Josh Bell because your first baseman, your star first baseman this year, goes down. And you know who your backup first baseman is? Who? Who is it, Jake? Ding, ding, ding. You don't have one. Oh. Those were your two first basemen on the roster. Manzardo is not in a spot to come up to the majors this year. No. We talked about that. He's struggling in AAA. He's a, he's a 2024 guy. Yeah. I mean, he's literally hitting like 230 this year. It's just not going to cut it in no. AAA. So what do you do if you're the Guardians? You pull the most Tito Francona Guardians move of all time. And I don't know if, you know, that's probably not a Tito call here, but I'm just saying this is how instantly I would expect it to play out. You go out and you acquire Cole Calhoun. Okay? Cole Calhoun, which, by the way, if you didn't know, is last about decade in the major leagues, has been playing the outfield. And the first thing I hear out of Tito's mouth is, yeah, he played some first base back in the day, and uh, we're going to try him out there, see what he can do. It's like, oh my God! It's like Moneyball. <laughs> Literally, we can teach you get, how to play first base. Yeah, it's yeah, easy, Ron. Let's go no, get Hatterberg here. Yeah, maybe I could teach one of the fans. I listen. The Cole count. I didn't know he was still in the league. He wasn't. <laughs> he was sitting in AAA in Los Angeles. I, that was. I, I don't know. I have no words for that. And then you're like, ah, you know. Well, one, he's playing first base. The other day, I believe it was not yesterday, but Sunday, he was playing first base. And a combination of him and Rokio playing third absolutely blow the game. Yeah. It's a low throw by Rokio from third because bing, 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 he's a shortstop. And uh, unable to be picked by Cole Calhoun because ding, 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 he's an outfielder. Doesn't work out. Defense sucks. We saw it with Owen Miller all last year. Middle infielder playing first. Not how it works. And then... Tack it all on. You're like, Cole Calhoun's a bad first baseman. You know, hopefully David Fry makes his way back in the lineup. He can fill in there. Or, you know, Naylor gets healthy here real soon. Cole Calhoun can go play the outfield. We have so many of those, but whatever. You know, maybe he provides a little pop. Dude, My God, you go flying. out and claim Ramon Laureano off of waivers? Did you see the video of, I mean, Cole Calhoun, though, by no. the way? Which one? Because I don't. I didn't want to, it, it, him last night. I don't believe so. Dude flew through the air and caught that ball. No, I mean, shot. Cole Calhoun, I don't think, is a bad player. It's honestly no, surprising a, he used me to he was be in AAA. A, D, um, he used to be a gold glover, I'm pretty sure. I want to say. I'm not uh, 100% I'm gonna sure I'm going to fact check one. you on that. I don't know if that's true or not. You could 100% be right, by the way. Like, there, I do not throw that out the window. But that's what I'm saying. Like, Cole uh, Calhoun. I, I just remember, he was on the Angels for a long Like, it was Cole Calhoun and Mike Trout, right? Well, like, well there, it goes to my point of... I wanted to bring He's that up. He's a one-time Google lover. Right. I wanted to bring that up because then, again, you have log jams there. I feel like I've used the word log jams so many times on this podcast, it's not even funny. Well, when your major league team's full of, you know. Log jams? Yeah, and imbeciles. Right. It's just, it, it's mind-boggling to think that you bring in Cole Cahoon. And then, again, like you just said, now you have... Ramon L'Oreal? Loriano, yeah. Ramon Loriano, former, uh, well, right from the athletics. But he was okay in a couple years past. But, like, again, this is Miles Straw 2.0. Like, this guy has six home runs this year, I think, and he's hitting 240. Like, he's Miles Straw, but, like, a legitimate possibility. A low one, but a legitimate possibility to leave the yard. I don't know. 
I don't know what. I, I, I just don't know. Like that's that, and it's frustrating because I would like to have some sort of analysis for it. Seriously, I would, but I don't. I I don't understand it. They have me two feet in the mud, staring around, just waiting for the truck to come and just plow me yeah, over, just rip my body in half. Like I, I don't know what I'm looking at with this team. No, I don't. I don't either. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand the moves that they're making and just acquiring so many outfielders for no reason in positions that they don't need. Like it makes sense. I get the belt trade. I get the Savali trade. Which it, okay again. Sorry, not to cut you no, off. No, no, no. Like we we say, like you want them to pick a direction, right? After the trade deadline, you're like, ah, this team's waving the white flag, right? They're like, selling. They're selling. Perfect. Yeah. Let me go pick up two more players. Let me go pick up Cole Calhoun and Ramon Laureano, guys who are MLB level players, to try to fill the gaps on my team. Like, no, 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 no. stop trying to fill the gaps. Because those stop are the signing gap. veteran players. Yeah, and those are gaps that are shouldn't even be filled. Because they are gaps. I get it. Maybe, okay, you could say center field. I understand that one because of Miles Straw, but I, at I the still same time. There. Well, no, I'm just saying. It, like, I would rather have Miles Straw play over another MLB guy going out and getting him. No, no, no. And, that, and, and I agree. But my point is you need to fill that with a prospect if you're going to sell. Or, because that's the direction that everyone thought you were going into when you're at the trade deadline and when you give up Ahmed Rosario, when you give up Aaron Savali, and when you give up another piece, I I, I don't know, like a Josh Bell, it, it's just, it, it's no direction whatsoever with this team. Call it me crazy. Isn't. Call me crazy. You could just play Will Brennan in center and actually play no, another I, right I'm fielder. I'm not calling you crazy. Like, Well, that's what I'm saying. Just move Will Brennan into center and then you could bring up someone else. Why did we just sign two more outfielders? To a outfield, by the way, that is already plagued by David Fry, Oscar Gonzalez, uh, Will Brennan, Miles Straw. Now you add Cole Calhoun and Ramon Laureano. Like, what is the point? The only thing that I can really think of is maybe one of them is going to get cut. And I'm talking about Miles Straw. Or someone else. They're not letting Miles Straw walk. I can tell you that much. I'm just saying, like, it, that's the only thing that I could really see that it points to. If, right? Miles Maybe? Straw, if Miles Straw gets waived from this team, I'm convinced we are living in Moneyball. Like, I need a documentary made on this team if he gets cut. Because Tito's playing him day in and day out, practically. Which, and I understand that. And like, this I is a man we, saying, you know, I'm. I'm Billy, I'm on a one-year contract. I, I, what do you want me to do off a one-year contract? I'm going to play a team that can win. Right. <laughs> Except he's talking to the Dolans. But or he's, he's talking to uh, Chris Antonetti. But he's not playing the guys that should be playing that will help you win because Miles Straw has been a liability all year. That he has. And it's just, I don't know. I really don't know what to think anymore. I feel like every time... I come onto this podcast and we talk about Guardians. We're in a different stance where, okay, we're competing for the division. And then the next week, oh, we're, we're, we're just going to wait till 2024. Like, yeah. it, 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 it's changing way too much. And that's the problem. Like, you don't, you, you don't have a clue on what your plan is. No. 
I don't know what their plan and is. I don't even want. They like don't a, know what their plan is. I don't even want like a five-year plan. I just want a plan for this year and next year. That's it. Just take one or the other. Yeah. Are you going to go this year or are you going to play for next year or two years down the line? And like a team like the Mets, <laughs> where it's just like, I and I get it, they went all out. Damn but they even, they even said to Max Scherzer before they traded him, was just like, hey, listen, we're not even going to be able to compete next year. So that's we're going to rebuild and we're moving off of you. They have a plan. We don't. And they could say, "Oh yeah, we have we have ideas. We know what we're going to do." Blah blah blah. I I'm just not believing it. No, I'm not buying that. Not at all. I'm so not I, I'm it. just it's it's. How about <laughs> the fact that you angered the players so much? By the way, with that Josh Bell trade, that Chris Antonetti had to fly down to Houston because the clubhouse was so upset, and had to go talk to the team in the you know, in the locker room. Like, uh, we are confused as the team is. Like, this is a team that felt they had a real possibility to make the playoffs, and then obviously any team you're going to be on, if you can make the playoffs, you believe you could make a run in the playoffs. That's right. how being a competitor works and how it should work. And they felt they were in a spot to do that this year, which, inarguable. I mean, they were a half game out. And then they just don't get a chance. And, you know, they don't get a chance and then are uproaring because they're like, what just happened? Like the Josh Bell, they know he's good. We all know Josh Bell is a good baseball player. There's no way around that. He struggled, but we've seen what he can do. He's not a bad baseball player. No, and it it one year doesn't define a man's career. No, like, like straight up, that's how it goes. And if the price tag on Josh Bell was different, we probably wouldn't even have this conversation. Exactly. He, he, he was hitting was, like two thirty, two forty. If he was under ten mil. I'm pretty sure we wouldn't be complaining that much because we didn't expect that yeah. from him. And he, he was productive. Like, yeah. Uh, until he got traded, that last like you know few week stretch, he was really good. And I think it was frustrating too, in the sense that, I mean, we when it broke that it that the trade happened, we were on streaks talking sports. Yeah. And the funny thing about that was, I was literally saying on air that. You are going to have to deal with Josh Bell for this year and next year because he's probably going to come back. You know his stats aren't there. Blah blah blah. Yeah, he had a player option that. It, I mean, he's if you're making to exercise. Like, yeah, he's going to stay. Sixteen and a half mil, and you weren't playing well. You're taking that, right? And I was saying that we're going to probably have to see him more in the lineup in 2024. That's just how it's going to be. And then it goes to show you that nobody was expecting him to get moved. And I think that's part of the reason why players had an uproar about it. Because I feel like players and people inside the the league kind of have a feel of when a guy's going to get moved off of. Oh, of course, yeah. And I think you knew that Rosario was going to probably get traded. That's probably why they weren't, you know, there wasn't any that we know of complaints about it. And the same thing with Savali. But... Nobody really knew that Bell was going to get traded. I mean, I didn't think about it. It was in the nick of time. So I I think that— It was literally—I mean, the news broke after the deadline. Right. It was—we were on air at 620. I yeah. think it was right, it was right around, around there. And I, it's just—then it, you, you cause more issues with it. And again, I'm not saying that it wasn't a terrible move, but I, you need to— commit one way 
or the other now? Because if they made those trades and said, like, all right, this is what we're going to roll out with. We're sticking with Aris at short. I'd be totally okay with that. I'd be like, all right, listen, I guess we're going to just take this year. No playoffs. Got it. Cool. But now you just keep making these veteran signings, which, again, your track record has been absolutely horrible considering that both of the veteran signings that you had for this year aren't even on the team anymore and didn't even make it a season. So let's just go out there and sign two more in the outfield, which is already filled with a veteran in center field and a guy that you know that's going to play in left constantly. Like he's an everyday starter. I mean, he's your leadoff hitter. So like, yeah. So let's just make stupid moves like that. Like, listen, if they went out in the sign of first baseman, I'd get it. I'd be like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Because, again, once you're dealing with these types of injuries, happens. Well, of course, they did sign a first baseman. What do you mean? Shut the fuck Cole Calhoun is an elite he's first baseman. He's not a first baseman. Dude, he's a gold glover. In right field. <sighs> but it's just like... It's... No, it makes no sense. It makes zero, zero sense at all. And, and again, it, it, I know we were just bashing on signing veterans and stuff. I would have been okay if you signed a veteran first baseman because you don't really have anyone to play no, first. No, right it's not that you don't now. really have anyone to play first. You do don't. not have anyone to well, play first. Well, I was saying in a sense of like bringing up a prospect. You don't. You really don't. No, well, you're either like Micah Priest and Doza. Or, Mendoza. Yeah, M- Why did I say Mendoza? You did. Ooh, Mendoza That's line about where Dude, I'm telling you, Bo Naylor's batting average is right now. Not even. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know we have sound bites for that, Jake. <laughs> yeah. And then. Yeah. Yeah, it's on me. Um. Listen, it was right in later. front of me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was also the wrong one. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, it was on yeah, purpose. You, but crickets. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But like, there is no first baseman. Like you're talking Micah Priest or yeah, Manzardo. Manzardo. Yes, that's what I meant. Sorry. Um, but Manzardo's again. Neither of those guys are playing well enough to call up. Well, and but if but if, John Kenzie Noel, but again, still not pl- playing. My well counterpoint is this: if you are committing to 2023 isn't the year, Manzardo might be the guy then, because you're not expecting anything and you want to get him some playing time. But I, I, I can, I will get on board with the fact of, listen, he's not hitting that well. Maybe get his rhythm back and then try it again in 2024. Yeah, I don't want to call up a guy that's not playing well in the league below and then call him up and it's like nothing's going to yeah, even more. Nothing's going to change. Like if anything, you're just going to obviously get worse playing against better competition. So then it's going to be like, dude, I just can't hit, and now right. I'm at the majors, and now there's a lot more pressure on me, and it's like it's just, I don't like that. So. Sure, like go outside a veteran first baseman or whatever you want to do, but I don't know, man. Like that just doesn't seem like the play. And we sit around much longer. Uh, you're gonna have Gabriel Arias playing there because Brian Rocchio's on a tear, which would because we called up another middle infielder as soon as we got rid of one. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I seriously don't know, Jake. I was like, I, I, that's all I got. Like, it, it literally. I don't know what sense. to say. No, I. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I have no analysis. Um, so far, Rokio is hitting 278 in the month of August. 
since being called up. Playing really well. Two for two for four last night. Yeah, played really well last night. Two for four. You know, both singles, only struck out one time. He's good. And a game that you lose, of course, because guards are on a three-game losing streak. Um, but, like, just – and we talked about this. Like, the, the thought process, you get rid of Ahmed Rosario, and why did we want to get rid of Ahmed Rosario? Because it freed up the shortstop position, and now you have a guy that you can play every day, and you can rotate the other one in, whoever you wanted. It was Freeman or it was Arias. Freeman or Arias. That was it. And Rokio was going to be up next year no matter what, right? That's what we kept saying. And then one of them was most likely going to be gone, whoever yeah. the rotational guy was. Yeah, like if Arias, if Arias would have panned out, then Freeman was gone, right? Like you already have your guy, whatever. Right. Um, and if Arias didn't work out, you're like, okay, Freeman has the job to start next year, and Rokio backs him up, and they play the same game. But now you just add in Rokio this year, and now it's like, oh, this kid's playing pretty good. We should probably play him, right? And it's like, oh, so the- but we also have Arias. When, and Freeman, who's also on the IL right now, but only on the 10 days, should be back in not that much longer. Then you sit there like, okay, now Freeman, Arias, Rokio. Hold on, this sounds familiar. It's just the fact that Rokio isn't exactly Rosario, but it's pretty damn close. I don't know. I, ser- I, I seriously don't know, Jake. Like, w- So then what happens when Freeman comes back? I want to hear your perspective. Like, what would you, what would you do to get out of this jam, Jake? What would I do to get out of it? First off, I'd never put myself in it because I'm not an idiot. Um, well, obviously. Well, I mean, you are an idiot, but you probably wouldn't even be that dumb to put yourself in a situation. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty stupid, but I, I'd like to think I'm at least, you know, half a brain when it comes to baseball. And to get out of this, you got to move off a guy. I, I mean, at this point, I'm about to Nolan Jones, Tyler Freeman. Because, like, what else do you do? If, if you're not going to send down one of these guys, because, by the way, they're all playing pretty well. Like, Arius is probably the one playing the worst, and you're not going to send him back down to AAA. At and least he's the one so. that you claim to be the starter. Yeah. It was a guy that you started over Freeman. There's also a guy who can give you utility in the lineup, so you can move him around. <laughs> well, I don't know about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you shouldn't, because, let's be realistic, guys play a position for a reason, but... He can. Like, he's a half-capable first baseman, right fielder, shortstop third. He can move. But, like, I, I literally don't know. Well, If they're all back and on this roster and all playing decently well, I'm palms in the air. That, that's where I'm standing, too. That's why I don't have, like, an analysis because like, I'm about to I don't start, know how you get out of this. I'm about to go start Arias at first. Also, how about the fact that – I'm not actually being serious. I'm not starting Arias at first. Okay. Maybe – in the time where you're missing Josh Naylor, genuinely, yeah, maybe. Just because yeah, clearly Cole Calhoun is not the answer. But no. Also, like, if you're looking for an answer at first, and you go out and sign a veteran, I'm completely flipping this conversation because I'm an idiot. But, like, Oscar Gonzalez isn't a capable option. Like, try to play first. I mean, it's no not that much different than Cole Calhoun. They Both guys have not played the position probably in 10 years. And that's an exaggeration, but I I don't know. I again, would you okay? So here, how about this? I will say what I think they should have done post trade deadline after Bell is gone, and now Naylor is hurt. One, you don't bring up Rokio. Keep him down for the rest of the year. Yeah, we're on the same page there. That's obvious. Two, 
you go out there and you sign a veteran first baseman that can just chew up time. That's it. Like that's with the Josh Naylor injury, yeah. Yes, with the Josh. I'm, I'm including that. Okay. Even then, like with the Josh Naylor injury, I would still consider it just because you know you had a rota- rotation of first base DH could make a little bit of sense there. I would have. I wouldn't have been opposed to it. Because again, you you lose that piece, and you still don't have that clarity of a rotational guy or even a DH in that sense when uh, Naylor is playing first. So going out there and signing a free agent first baseman, especially now with the Naylor injury, that's a must. And that's it. That's it. Nothing else. You- uh- yeah, by the way, David Fry also, because that would be my other argument to this, is that David Fry could play first because we've seen him do it. That's what I was thinking, too. Uh, he's on the IL now. He's been sent to the 10-day. And that's that's partly why I didn't mention it, because I knew something. Yeah, I we hadn't seen him play in a couple of days, and I was I waiting on that. I knew something was up. Uh, he got sent to the 10-day with a strained left hamstring. Which makes a lot more sense, but that's not enough where you're just like, yeah, let's go out and sign Cole Calhoun. <laughs> no. Nothing would have, and you didn't even sign Cole Calhoun. By the way, you traded for him. I mean, you basically right. signed him. I think it was for cash, but that's. I mean, but technically, too, it's post deadline as well, right? Uh, yeah. So, I, so technically, it gets a little like it, it didn't does trade become for a, him, but it's yeah. technically a signing, I think, or something. Yeah, like that. it's, it's you that's why I was. Him. Yeah, I, I you pay money acquired. For him. Yeah, you, you basically we'll, we'll go with the word acquired, I guess, because yeah. I, again, it doesn't. Makes no sense whatsoever, but you could acquire a first baseman and not an outfielder. That would have made more sense. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Can we just can we? Move? I don't know what first baseman are on the market, but I don't know. I mean, you, you went into a farm system, the AAA team pulled out a veteran for. For, to to not even play his position. Well, hold on, who I want to know who brought this up, right? Like I I want to talk to the guy who was sitting around. Like this, this is Paul De Podesta, right? <laughs> like this is literally Jonah Hill, and I'm just gonna keep ripping Moneyball references. But like, it has to be like he, he's going down the roster, hitting a little arrow key. No, not him, not him, not him. Calhoun, tell him we want Calhoun. Just like I, we we we're literally. I mean, we are running Hatterberg at first. <laughs> we are. We could teach a we could teach a fan to play first base if we wanted to. Oh. I, I don't know. Just, just anyone, not another outfielder. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Let's let. Can we move on to? Yeah, I mean, a little I've, bit more Rokio talk. Yeah, I've played first uh, more than Cole Calhoun I has have in too. the last couple of years. I have uh, as well on a men's league, but I, I've played first more than he has in the last couple of years. High school all star game played in that shit, and I played first base. <laughs> That's that disgusting. was it, it was bad. <laughs> I just pulled up a picture of it today. Actually, I was like, "What the?" That's just not right. No, it wasn't. I, I don't even know what to talk about with Rokio. He's balling out. Yeah, he's playing well. Props on the like. I knew the kid was good. Uh, That's not what I was worried about. That's not why I said keep him in AAA. He was hitting like three something. Yeah, the kid's killing it. The problem is that you have just a plethora of middle infielders. And, like, you're not moving off Jimenez, despite him not having a great year right now. Like, Edu got the bag. He's here to stay. He's a gold glover. Like, he, He's legit, but we figured that already. 
Yeah, but I'm saying there's not two middle infield positions to like just rotate guys around in. Jimenez is locked in. He's your now two hitter and your everyday second baseman. Like the the opportunity for a second base rep to be available is few and far between, and that's called a Jimenez rest day. And it's like, <laughs> I, oh, dude, it, 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 I'm just frustrated because we knew, you knew that he was going to be good. It, it's just like, all right, we're fine. Just wait until, <laughs> wait till next year. Just wait. No, you can't do that, dude. Freaking next year. No, you can't do that. Why Why uh, develop the guys? And by the way, this is a great uh, thing from Tito that I had heard. I believe it was Tom Hamilton talking about it. He was like, oh, yeah, like Tito was talking about, you know, moving off of guys at the deadline, stuff like that. Uh, I believe we were playing the A's at the time. It was the A's or the Royals. And it was like the worst thing you can do at the end of the year is be left with questions like and not have answers. Like if it's a good year, if it's a bad year, the last thing you want is to still have questions. You want to have your answers going into next year. Then what are we doing? And again, this you, it's very possible it's not Tito, right? I honestly, well, I mean, I thought that they were heading in that direction. I really did, especially yeah, at no. the trade deadline. You were like, all right, we're sellers. We're getting rid of the some of these pieces that you didn't think would help us in the future. Made sense. Yeah, you were getting everyday reps for Arius, and you were getting. Uh, a ton more reps because the DH spot opens up for guys like Oscar Gonzalez and David Fry. Well, and then also, too, in 2024, then you have a chance to potentially bring in a first baseman into the mix as well and not have to deal with the Josh Bell contract, and it makes more sense that the the trade with the Rays and Savali panned out at that point. Yeah. But now you you just keep adding on more and more question marks. Because now, like, if we're looking at it like a, in a post-deadline sense, I, 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 I'm, I thought I was happy with the roster and where we were at. And now I'm not. And now I'm not. And talk about, by the way, like, this team post-deadline, we can just jump right into that. Bad. Like, we are right back where we started the year. It, it, this, the pitching is immaculate. And the offense sucks. I mean, dude, Gavin, Gavin Williams, Williams. Gavin Williams. Last night, dude. Dude, okay, uh, I don't even know how I've gone to this podcast this far without mentioning him. That's uh, dropped the ball on our part. This guy struck out 12 batters with only giving up one hit last night. You know how many Cleveland rookies have done that? I think it was four or um, other. I believe it's one. Oh, I, I was looking at a different stat. That's my fault. And the one? It's Gavin Williams. He's the only Cleveland pitcher, I'm pretty oh, sure, to ever do that in his asshole. rookie year. I'm pretty sure he was the only oh, one. I was looking at a stat that was not including the rookie year. It was not like I mean, it was just in general, not not a rookie year stat. Anywho, yeah, that was frustrating. That was because, oh my gosh, we have another star pitcher. What a shocker. And it's, it's bad that I'm saying it like that. But at the same time, these star pitchers aren't going to be useful when you have no offense around them. Because the dude shoved last night. And the Blue Jays aren't a bad team by any sense. They're competing in the AL East because, I mean, my lord, that is a battlefield 
of a division right now. And to go out there and absolutely shove on a Tuesday, you know, Monday night, sorry, we're recording this on a Tuesday. I I want to get really excited about it. I really do. But at the same time, it's just the same story all over again. It's Corey Kluber. It's Shane Bieber. It's the same old, same old where you get a pitcher that's going to be a star. There's no doubt about this. Gavin Williams will be a star. Yep. Uh, But then eventually he's probably going to get traded because you have done little to surround him with prospects that you tried to develop. Yeah, shout out back to one of my uh, my tweets from a while back. Uh, Gavin Williams is getting the Cleveland ace treatment. You throw a terrific game and you get literally zero run support. Uh, I did find that, that stat. Uh, it was a Mandy Bell story. Mandy Bell, obviously the Guardians writer for MLB.com. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Righty Gavin Williams becomes the first rookie in franchise history to K at least 12, allowing no more than one hit. It's insane. I mean, the kid's really good. And it's a really good read. I actually read through the article. Um, anybody who hasn't, definitely should. No plug to Mandy Bell. Don't care if you read her or not, really. But I think she's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but was writing about... She, she is, yeah. yeah. Uh, Carl Willis basically like stepped in, gave him advice, and the most basic advice he could give him was just like, hey, dude, quit walking people. Like, in a sense of like just go and attack people. Because he could tell that Gavin Williams was getting frustrated and stuff like that. And the advice led to a 12-strikeout, one-hit performance against a capable offensive team. Well, and that's the thing. You knew his stuff was good. And it's just more of a sense of let it just, like, trust in it. Let it happen. Go get guys. Like, don't be afraid to put a ball in the zone. Like, no. You're you're better than a lot of these hitters. You're touching 100. Like, no one is going to be able to consistently hit that. No lineup will be able to consistently hit 100 miles an hour or a nasty off-speed pitch. Like, and that's he's got what both, he has. By the way. He has, yeah, he has both. So I'm looking at it in and a multiple sense of, like, of them. as long as you trust in your stuff, the dude's going to be ridiculous. They don't comp this dude to Garrett Cole for no reason. Yeah. Like, I, the dude's chucking. Like, it, he's just naturally gifted in when you believe in those, in that ability, then you're golden. He it's is, like a Jacob DeGrom, too. Yeah, like, he is going when to be... When he's on, he's on. He's going to be one of the best pitchers in the MLB in the next couple of years. Like, he's going to be an ace. He's going to be right where Bieber was. He's going to be right where uh, Corey Kluber was. I can say that with, like, out of doubt at this point in my mind. No, there's no doubt about that in my mind as well, too. He is as top tier as it comes. Dude's chucking 100, throwing off speeds. He just struck out 12. And I, I think this is good for him, though. Like, to no, realize... It, it is. And obviously, yeah, okay, Jake, great analysis. Wow, guy going seven innings, giving up one hit and strike count 12 is good for him. Yeah, But I'm saying the advice part of, like, okay, just... And you could say it's stupid advice from Willis to be like, hey, just go after people, stop walking people. Like, yeah, well, again, it's like, no shit, Sherlock. It's a deeper thing, that's why. Exactly. This is just like, put your ball in the zone and make somebody go get it, and then you're going to see that now guys are fanning. Like, they're swinging and missing. That's 12 Ks. You don't have to paint the perfect pitch every single time. Well, that's not the pitcher you are. You don't have to have perfect location. No, you you're when you 
are when you have elite stuff like that, you can afford to miss every once in a while. Yeah, like you still have to be good. Don't get right. me wrong. You're still okay. But at the MLB same time, hitters. you're not a guy that's only throwing like 92 and has to dot up every spot. Kind of like a Shane Bieber that we've had to see. Or like a Tristan McKenzie where, yes, his off speed, he has a lot of movement on his pitches as well, so he gets away with it sometimes. But those guys, they have to rely on more ca- location. Yeah, I think of like right now a, like a Zach Greinke yes. or a Nestor Cortez. Right. They're not going to be lighting up the guns. But you can. So go out there and do it. Trust in your stuff because the thing is when when I think of that when it's just you know oh just don't walk guys it's more of him saying listen dude you have the abilities to go out there you're the shit that's basically what he's saying he's saying you're the shit just don't do that you're fine get out of your head because I've been in that scenario so many times when I've been in my head myself and I've had a I had a pretty good baseball career, especially in my high school. I mean, I it was a lot of times where I I would get in my head. And to hear someone just say, like, hey, like just trust in your abilities, it it cleared in my mind. It cleared up my mind, and then I'd go out there and do my thing. So when I hear something simple as that, it's more of just like when a golfer goes out there and he has like one, his caddy will say one thing before he, you know, takes a shot just to kind of reinforce something. That's kind of the same thing. So, Dylan slowly turning the podcast into a golf podcast. Dude, I, and, I, and I'm golfing tomorrow too. Chipping I'm away. Excited, but Chipping either away. Either way. Yeah, but it's, yeah, Jake, Jake didn't have, yeah. So, anyways, um, that one's loud. But yeah, overall, it is pretty loud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they blew the, off my ears. The listeners won't be able to tell. I mean, the audio will be corrected, corrected but, that, but that was loud. Yeah, that was that was pretty loud. So, and it's just frustrating now. And I'll wrap it up by saying this: if you can't surround him with talent on the offense side, you're going to have another Corey Kluber or a Shane Bieber, where he just gets dealt eventually after his time, and you don't really get a true Cleveland pitcher where he stays with us his whole career, in my opinion. I mean, it's possible. I feel like the Guardians are willing to find ways to keep pitchers around. We've seen that. I mean, like, Bieber stuck around for a decent amount of time now. Kluber is here for a good amount of time. It's just like, we've talked about it. They know when to move off of guys and when not to. I agree. But... I'm just sick of watching guys go out there and deal, like Gavin Williams, like Tanner Bybee, who, by the way, Tanner Bybee pitching in this Tuesday game. Uh, We'll see if this stat holds by the time this is posted. But he has not given up more than three runs in a start since June 13th. Yeah, dude's been chucking. Yeah. Uh, But I'm sick of those guys not getting any support. And, like, the way this roster is right now and the way this lineup is, expect more of that. No, it's... They've been bad. It's been bad. The, uh, the they got no hit bad. by Framber Valdez. They yesterday got held the one run in a game where your starter gave you seven innings and gave up one hit. It, it can't happen. Like we're right back in the dog days of April, where you're sitting there, you know, bearing through the cold and putting up an average of like two and a half runs a game. And you know what's funny too? This is kind of kicking the ass, in my opinion. Of it's not just the every year Guardians where, okay, they finally just magically run away with the division. Oh, it's the opposite this it's year. It's the complete opposite. And it. I'm kind of happy that it is in the sense that 
it's finally we're going to I I hope that we're gonna get a change now and realize that we can't just rely on the division being so bad to always get us in the playoffs. Because now you're sitting in a scenario where you're may not even get into the playoffs now. Yeah. And you probably I will say this, I don't think they are. No, I don't think they are either. If they continue this, they're definitely not getting it. But if they turn it around, I mean, there's a chance, you know. But, again, the schedule's brutal. The bats are cold. You still have a lot of just issues all around the field. So, I, it, I don't know. Imagine how frustrated Tito is right now. Yeah, I, I, I sometimes wonder what's really going through his head, like, in these scenarios. I mean, like... <laughs> I'm going to call back to Moneyball for like the 30th time. But think about the movie. Like, your manager only gets so much say in what happens, right? Right. Because then a guy moves all, a guy gets traded. Yeah, Josh that's, Bell. Not, that's not you. Like, Tito's not like trade Josh Bell. Tito's, he was in the lineup that night. Like, it, yeah. Yeah. I, he was literally set to go. Mm hmm. And it got switched twice, I believe. I believe he was in the lineup two different times and two different iterations, and it got switched again. So I could only imagine how pissed off Tito is right now. And, like, honestly, and this might have happened whether it was a successful or not successful year, this could very well be Tito's last year. I think, unfortunately, it probably will be. When, I mean, when you get treated like this as a manager. And also, too, just the health concerns that he goes through as well. I Yeah. I, I feel – I, I just the, the guy's been missing time and been in the hospital, I feel like, every year for the last, like, three years. And it's not like a shot – at him saying, no, no, like, no, no. The, you know, like, okay, you, you're missing time. Like, you can't do this to the team. Like, no, not at all. I'm, I, you know, health concerns are health concerns. It's more of just I worry about him with just in general, you know. And as I'm sure his family does and right. he himself. So in, in, in 162 games, takes a toll on someone. And especially, too, when you have those health concerns, you have to take priority of yourself and your family. And it's not like he has to work or anything like that. He's probably pretty set in that sense i would really hope so you know so, former ball player manager yeah, yeah it would you know just kidding i would hope <laughs> more that guy set is than set us okay. i guess you know but that doesn't take a lot no no kidding but overall it's just i i i hope that he at least gets better that's that's just where i want that situation to go obviously i love tito and he's been one of the greatest coaches that the Guardians, Indians, whatever spiders you want to call them at this point. I prefer the Blues. Oh, my God. But anyways, I mean, one of the greatest coaches that we've Maybe ever the seen. Yeah. God. You want me to keep going? No. Okay, go on. I'm just, I, I don't know. <laughs> I do. I, I seriously don't know anymore with this, this team. Like, I've never been this frustrated well, with the Guardians. You can probably keep that frustration out. Other than 2016 when they lost. Yeah, but yeah, you, there's only so much frustration that goes into losing the World Series. Right. You're frustrated, but a much different type of frustration. No, and I agree. And this is more of just like I'm throwing my hands up just like really like what are we doing? Like, yeah, this is had, a joke. Yeah. Can we move on? Yeah, we can move on. Yes. Uh, last thing we're going to do, we did this last week as well. The Browns are here, um, and we only do two episodes a week. So... Uh, this is kind of how it rolls, right? Like, yeah, you got to throw a preview in there somewhere, right? I mean, like, it, well, I mean, technically, it's football. It's Friday. Our episode would go on Friday. Our episode would go on Friday. The game is Friday night, I believe. So, I mean, we could hold off of the preview 
Maybe, how about this? What about, you didn't give your thoughts on the game. Only I did. Yeah, why don't you give your thoughts then on on the preseason game? Um, I watched most of it. Because I, I want to give, the, because, I mean, we have to probably, I would assume we should save that for yeah, yeah. Thursday, I, right? I, and always I would just say we could record after, but the problem is um, your boy, yours you're truly. Going to, you're going to Wallen, right? I am going to the Morgan Wallen concert that will be in I'm Columbus. Um, I'm going to try to go to the game. We'll yeah. see what happens, though. So uh, I'll be out of town, unfortunately. Yeah. But then on Tuesday, we can record. I like how we're planning this right now on air. Yeah, on air. No, yeah, this, this is, is great. This is awesome. This is, this well, is you guys know it. the schedule then, too, yeah. now. So, I mean, it looks like preview on Friday episode. Are you good with that, then? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. We, yeah, we'll give your thoughts that. then on the game. Uh, my thoughts on the game. So I watched most of it. I listened to the first, probably like drive and a half on the radio coming home. I had to work right before. And then, yeah, I was giving my... I gave it a watch, and I was a really tired man. So as the 65-year-old man that I am, I was sitting there watching the game and ended up falling asleep, probably like eh, start of the fourth quarter, right before the lights went out. I didn't get to watch that part. Um, My take would have been... <sighs> this is going to take so long. But I'm going to rattle these off as fast as I can. Spit them. Um, DTR, backup quarterback. He has to be. Uh, that's where I want him by the end of this preseason. I, I want that if Deshaun Watson were to go down, that DTR would be the guy who steps in. Not even Dobbs? No, not even Dobbs. Okay. I, I think this offense would flow better. I mean, you might lose more games with DTR than Dobbs, but uh, you give yourself a much higher potential with DTR if he can pan out. I, I think, think he's playing against four goes, stringers. You could you could go both ways with it. Yeah. I, you, you make the argument either side. DTR is playing four stringers. I think like, you can have three quarterbacks, right? Did they officially make that a rule now? What do you mean? Three quarterbacks in the roster? Yeah, you can have three. Yeah, so, I mean, I'd... Kellen Mond's the odd guy out here. Yeah, that's... He, he that probably it. goes into your next point. Yeah, uh, yeah, Kellen Mond did not look good. I mean, he uh, looked okay he looked for okay. a couple drives. Yeah, he threw a pick. And then he throws a pick. A really bad pick. Yeah. Like, and he threw it to the defender. I mean, there was he, a... He, he, Kellen Mond looked like Kellen Mond. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, I said it before, I was never high on him. He did make a couple good throws earlier in the game. I don't know if you caught it. There was a couple of plays where he, I mean, there was one where he literally threw it over the cornerback, and he, and the cornerback just missed it, and it hits the hands of the tight end, and they don't catch it. Like, there was a couple of those yeah, no, scenarios. I, did, I saw a couple. But as the game went on, the level of production went down with him. And then yeah. you, it, it showed because you only scored six points in the first half. Yeah. Like, it just, like that's just how it is. I mean, it. Again, I think he was the odd guy out to start the year anyway. Yeah, and especially, too, when you draft DTR. You yeah, you're not going to cut DTR. Like, you just... Like, Kellen him. Mond would have had to have shown you, like... This dude oh, had this to have dude. lighted up. And is, is he going to get cut? Maybe not. Like, he might be a practice squad guy. But, again, he doesn't fit the role of where you're going to probably see this this offense head. No, I don't think because so either. the thing is, I mean, when you saw DTR... He gave you he gave you a glimmer of the rushing ability that I think we can unlock from Deshaun Watson as well. Yeah. Some you know, not just the play actions, but oh, the we saw designed options. runs. Yes, too. design runs, bootlegs. You're gonna see that a lot with Deshaun Watson. So when you have someone like Kellen Mod that stays more in the pocket and doesn't do well when he's out of structure. 
yeah, that's not really going to fit your mojo. And I think that's where Dobbs is going to kind of get screwed over in the sense where he does really limit this offense. Jacoby Brissett at least didn't limit it too much. But, I mean, Dobbs, it's not like he can do some of the things that DTR can do. That's yeah. that's my take on it. No, I, I would agree with all that. So then what did you think about the running back situation? Um, so I'll just get this one out of the way because I think Go it's ahead. probably the most Sorry. apparent one. No, uh, Demetric Felton uh, looks good in the game, but still does not look like a running back to me. I think you're going to probably just see him more on third down packages. Yeah, I like him as like a, a slot receiver or like yeah. just a shifty guy out of the backfield to go catch a ball. Um, but even when he was – because I think he was leading rusher on the team, if I'm not mistaken. I think technically probably like a couple yards or something yeah. like that. Um, it's just like when he gets touched, he flies. Like he's just – he's not shifty enough to be that small, but he's not big enough to not be that shifty. No, I agree. It's it's unfortunately the size is a big concern with Demetrius Felton, and that's I mean that was my big concern with him too coming out of the draft. So I know he's not going to be a pivotal rusher, but I think you could still use him as a gadget guy. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And especially too when you don't have a true third down back on this team. I know Nick Chubb will probably just take up a majority of them. Well, you probably thought it was Jerome Ford, but that yeah, a little even bit then, more like, question. I don't even think Jerome Ford will be that guy. I think Jerome Ford is going to be more of a breather back at this point. In my opinion, I, I don't think that they're going to be in a sense of looking for a running back that is going to be a pass catcher in third down scenarios, in my opinion. I think they're going to – you know what? I I saw something on Twitter today. Uh, Corey, I forget his last name, works for uh, one of the Browns company, like a uh, – it it's some website, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, website, social media outlet, whatever. He thinks that it could be like Elijah Moore. I, that's what I kind of think too. I think you're probably just going to I don't think see you see more... him as like a, a third down back, but I think you see him come out of the backfield this yeah. year. And I think in the direction – if you look in the sense of – and I and I hate to bring it up because I don't want it to be like this. The Tennessee Volunteers with Josh Heupel. Vols, 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 Vols. Your listen, favorite I, team. Yeah. They run a very heavy air raid system. And it was a huge knock on a lot of guys coming out of this draft, hence why Cedric Tillman got knocked and Jalen Hyatt and Hendon Hooker. You could see a lot of empty backfield as well, too. There is the potential of that on third downs. Yeah, I, I don't see why there wouldn't be. I mean, Deshaun Watson's agile enough to make that work. Yeah, you could pull it off. You you could pull it off with a guy like Deshaun Watson. So, in, in, in I'm not saying I'm all for it because I still think that I would like to have a back there just in case, as especially you as as an outlet to kind of dump off to. But I think that's where you're. They're kind of like. Listen, we don't really need a third down back. Like we we can just roll out Nick Chubb if we have to. He could efficiently catch passes to a point where it's just like, all right, you you're not gonna be like targeted six times or anything like that. Maybe once or twice. So I think that's probably the direction that they're gonna head into more. But I don't know. I thought that was pretty interesting. Sorry, I know I'm getting taking your your thunder here. All good. All good. I you know, just my my football talk. You know, it's not like I'm a football guy either. It's fine. 
It's fun. I'm more the football guy now, I feel like. And you're more the baseball guy, which is really strange to say because... You played baseball. Yeah. And, uh, but it's true, isn't it? I, I would definitely say more the baseball. I, I would like to consider myself also a football guy. I mean, I eat, sleep, no, no, no. and breathe and football that's what I'm when it's saying. around. Like, but. I, I, same thing with me, with baseball. Yeah. Like, but the same thing. I don't know. I just... You spend more time on the intricacies of football. Like, you watch a lot of film on guys. Which, it's, it's a side note. I think it part of it is... I played the game of baseball for 18 years, and this is kind of going to get a little deep. But at some point, you need kind of a breather from it. No, that's fair. And you can't be too – like, I'm not that heavy into it anymore. I'm, I'm I staring – football. Yeah. I'm staring at box scores from football, baseball, but baseball in particular when I'm talking here, every single night. Right. Part and of I, that because I'm a degenerate. Right. And the other part of that because I love baseball. And I think I started to see a shift in my mentality my senior year of high school – where I started to like football more and get into it. And it's been more of a relief because, again, I think eventually I'm going to tell my full you know, story about baseball and stuff in that part. But, again, that's for a different time because there, it's, a, it's a long, long story. You'll eventually hear it, Jake. You'll probably be one of these nights when we get drunk. <sighs> Need one of those. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but do you ever play football, by the way? No. No, well, I played in middle that's, school. That's probably why I got into it too, because I never got to experience it as well. Yeah, I played in middle school. I played offensive uh, line. Really? I was a right guard. I thought you were be. Did you like my? Did you see my comment in the group chat last night? It said how you're my quarterback. We just run the uh, triple option, and you're just a fullback. <laughs> man, I should have been a fullback. I, I tried so many times, by the way, and then I'll get back to my Browns points uh, to try to convince my coach to let me run the ball. Like, even in, like, you know, like, scout you're, team. You were definitely one of those kids that, like, they wouldn't let, like, you had the special jersey on because you couldn't handle the ball. Uh, that was not true at all. Really? Um, no, I, I did not have a special jersey on. I, I didn't get to touch the ball. I mean, I was a right guard. Don't get me wrong. I was not. Well, because there's certain kids that don't get to, like, they're so big that they can't touch the ball because they oh they i know what like, you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah no, i didn't I was, know if you got those special no i was playing in like for school for middle school okay i was a starting right guard on my middle school team that's fair and and i played one year of football my entire life there you go and i started at right guard in eighth grade nice yeah pretty impressive nice. i'd like to say so good for you Dan. um but yeah no it i, I tried to let them run let me run the ball on scout team because they'd let other offense linemen do it here and there mm-hmm. they wouldn't let me they also uh I, I took the starting right guard spot and he moved to de-tackle and then I also tried to tell my coach to let me play D-tackle, and they wouldn't let me. Um, it's kind of depressing. Anywho. But, uh, so yeah, Demetri Felton, my take on him, whatever. Uh, I really liked how Hassan Hall looked Yeah, for a guy who was an undrafted rookie. I agree. Thought he looked really good. John Kelly we kind of touched on, too. I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, he was probably the guy that I actually liked the most out of that game with the ball in his hand. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think also... I did really like what I saw with Hassan Hall. I think he's probably the one where he steps into that role and he takes over the Dearness Johnson. Hey, if we need a running back, not, eh, well, actually, no, because John Kelly, I don't know what I was saying there. I don't know. I think for now, that's where I was going to go with since Jerome Ford is out. And if he, you see more time, he kind of steps into that Dearness Johnson role. No, I can see that. If if Jerome Ford 
is out for the season. Like, not out for the season, but, like, out during the season. Yeah. That's what I was trying to go after there. Um, other takeaways I had, the defense on all fronts looked pretty good. Yeah, it was a little bit of a struggle at first. They were putting some bad spots, but I think overall they looked pretty good. Um, Anthony Schwartz, please, for the love of God, why are you still on my team? See ya, bud. I mean, I don't know how many times I have to say that. Cedric Tillman looked quick. Yeah, I, I don't know. He looked quick over the top. I, I really liked it. There was, Did you notice how they didn't really pass to the wide receivers much? Yeah, they, it was like just not a... I mean, they just didn't throw the ball that much, period. No, and I, I, I they know threw the they ball didn't tw- do that. 30 times. But most of the time that they did throw the ball, it was to tight ends and running backs. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here looking to the most receptions a single guy had was four, and it was John Kelly. Uh, Zaire Mitchell Padden. Padden. Yeah, he uh, was had three. But, yeah, like Mike Harley had two. Uh, Thomas Greeny had three. Like, yeah, it was it was. What did you think lot. about David Bell? Dude had six yards. That was my takeaway too. I was just like, yeah, like he's not going to be. I think they he's were going to make the roster. I think they were trying to get him involved, and Jeez. they really didn't. Did, and then also too, did you see Jalen Darden? Um, he didn't play. Yeah, he did not play. That's a sign that he may make the roster. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jakeem Grant also came up Gimpy in practice. By the way. Yeah, that was the other one where I was a little confused on. Yeah. Um, Dalen Baldwin got cut. He had one pass to him. Got seriously injured. That's a shame. Defense looked good. Uh, I guess my last takeaway would probably be Cade York. Yep. I am this other thing that I said. still shaky, and this is a conversation I've heard being had recently. Do you think the Browns should bring in a uh, yep a veteran kicker to yep. put some pressure on? Mm-hmm. I said that on Friday's podcast. I said they should definitely bring in someone that's a veteran kicker to, worst-case scenario, mentor this kid because you can't keep going in – to games, no, not knowing like what you're gonna get. And by the way, in all fairness, the kid missed a 49 yard field. Like that's not a gimme. It's not a gimme, but at the same time, you gotta make those. Like you, you got picked in the fourth round. Yeah, that's not. No, like, that's a significant pick. I mean, that's think a significant about pick for Dewan Jones was a fourth round pick. Who, right. by the way, played every snap. I guess that'll be my last point. Um, he looked good. Yes, he looked very good, he especially looked, for six eight. Being that agile on his feet, he looked good. Yeah, he defended the pass well. Run, run blocking. He's still going to need some work. Yeah, and that he's was not perfect. Thing. Yeah, that was one of the worries that everyone had about him coming out. But no, I, I mean, I'm looking at it like, listen, a 49 yarder. Yeah, you. It's not a gimme, but you're paid to make those. That's your one job other than kickoffs. And if you can't do that especially with a fourth-round draft capital, yeah, I'm going to get pretty upset about it. Because, if I mean, think about that. What if that's a scenario where we're late in the game and we need a field goal? No, 100%. I mean, that's you're relying on a guy, and if it was good conditions, you expect him to make it. And I'm not asking for, like, an Adam Vinatieri or anything like that. But No, and you're not going to get one. But at the same time, I need someone that I could at least rely on. You're, And the reason you're not going to see a vet is exactly – your point is this guy's a fourth-round pick. You need him to make those. It's also why you're not going to see a vet pressure him. Because how are you going to explain to the fans if you split time between your kickers, the vet plays better, but you're still going to keep Cade York? You, at that point, you have to bite the bullet. And just yeah, but like, you, right, the Cade Browns York's cannot be ready to bite the bullet yet on Cade York. And He's had one year 
Let's all just pump the brakes on him. I think the kid's going to be fine. He's been he's struggled, but like I don't give much leeway to kickers, truthfully, because kickers is the most underrated position in all of football. No, and and I completely agree. But that's and that's part of the reason why I don't give them that that much leeway. They've been doing the same exact thing for their whole entire lives. It's not going to change once you get to a different level. I know technically the goalposts are a little bit smaller, right? I believe so. But at the same time, it's not like he's a quarterback going from college to the NFL or running back where the game is different. Like, no, but it is different. Like the atmosphere is different. You're up against better players still. Don't Guys get me who are wrong. playing and more I pressure to the kick. That. But at the same time, you're not getting the job done. And I'm going to have some concerns with it. No, I, I think there's right to be concerned. I don't think anybody's sitting here going like Oh, you know, Cade York is my kicker of the future. Like, no, I'm just saying you, you wasted a fourth round draft pick on him. You just got to be okay with maybe one holding. more year. Yeah, at least part of this year. Like, if he's really bad through like eight, ten games, like but yeah, you any, can ship him off on any position. Out of all the positions in football, I can say, all right, we missed on this one in the draft. Like, be like, okay. Yeah, we took a kicker in the fourth round, and it didn't work out. We bring in another guy. It's not like it was like a quarterback where we paid him so much money. Like, if it was Deshaun Watson, for example, like, oh, my gosh, we whiffed on Deshaun Watson. Like, wow. Well, one, you did whiff on Deshaun Watson because uh, you didn't draft him. Well, I'm just saying. Like, you, you, brought <laughs> just in saying. A, you just brought in a guy like Deshaun Watson. But yeah. You know no, what I mean. I, I just think it's like – like, if it was DeJuan Jones – and granted, Dewan Jones playing very well, so it's not a case. But like, if you drafted him, he was last year, you know, forced to fill in or whatever, didn't play very well. And the rounds are like, he's just not good. I'm cutting him. You'd be a little pissed. Yeah, but the problem is, I know that there's going to be another guy replacing him. That's why I wouldn't be too upset about it because right now he's your only kicker, and you know he's not just a fill in. And think about, but think about the history of Browns kickers. Okay, it's it was Phil Dawson. Which yeah. is the epitome of kicking, right? Uh, Up there with Adam Vinatieri and yeah, those guys like Justin it, Tucker, legend is definitely the yes. goat of kicking. But like up with the top guys, I say Vinatieri just because I think of like the you know all times and you know Justin Tucker's. All respect to you, Justin yeah. Tucker doesn't miss past sixty yards, and that's no, I, where and, I'm going. And, and that's what and I'm just saying. He's yeah. not retired yet. I'm no, that's fair. That's fair. Hundred percent. You can make the argument. He probably will be, but you know. it, I think he will be. But like. Not every guy is Justin Tucker. No. Not every guy is Phil Dawson. And I, I Most guys that. are not them. And we've seen that for years on years now since Dawson's been gone. Like Cody Parkey. Yeah. You want to bring back Cody Parkey? Because that's about who's available on the kicker market. Not necessarily true. Name me kickers right now that are available. Like, I'm thinking, what, the commander's in a kicker battle right now? I think. I think Joey Sly's in a kicker battle. Like, that's one guy. Wait. I think that Am I pulling up the I think I got the list correct. Available players. Uh Mason Crosby is still available. Mason Crosby is like ninety six. But thirty eight. Relax. Uh, uh, Ryan Suckup. Same thing in this league. Sang Gonzalez twenty eight. Uh, okay, hold on. If you don't like Cade York, Elliot Fry. You cannot make a case for Zane Gonzalez. Um Zane Gonzalez is the epitome of inaccurate. I'm just naming these guys. Randy Bullock, Robbie Gold. Even if they brought in like a Robbie Gold just to be like, all right, listen, dude, this is how 
you handle it. Because I think part of it, too, is he needs mentorship. No one's really talking about that sense. Uh, by the way, the commander is what I was talking about. Joey Sly and Michael Badgley. Yeah. One of those guys is going to be gone, obviously. So, the way that I look at it then, even if you do bring in a veteran, say they do bring in, we'll go with Ryan Suckup. 36-year-old. He's been in the league for a while. You you look at it and you kind of say to yourself, like, all right, it, at the worst, you're getting a guy that can teach him a couple different things and show him it. Because... Yeah, but they're they're not there to show him and like mentor. You're not signing a guy for the preseason to mentor your kicker, and you're not going to carry two on your roster. That's just, I mean, you're never going to do that. And I get it, but like, and that guy's going to show up. He's going to compete for the job. Yeah, it's just I, I I don't know. You're you're constantly in search for the next Justin Tucker, the next Adam no, Vinatieri. Everybody's looking for that guy, and I think to punt on a guy, no pun intended. That has only had one year in the league, and it be a semi-rough year. Like, you really pull up the stats. What he if didn't you play go, all that often. Okay, how about this? What if you went and dipped your toes into, like, the USFL and had no, a we've position already had teams do that. That's hey, what I'm you, saying. I mean— What if what if the Browns tried it then? If they would have tried it for the, like, USFL star that was the kicker, whoever his name was, that just signed with the— Cowboys, I believe. Cowboys, and actually, they might have cut him already. No, he no? actually survived the roster cut, Did I believe. He? Very yeah. good. Um— but if that's who you would have went and got, then I would have said maybe, maybe that's a realistic thing. But he's already signed up. And I don't know that there's another kicker that I'm like so drooling sold on. Over, yeah. yeah, I'm not drooling over kickers very often. I'm just saying in a competition at least to kind of push in. Yeah, but you do one of two things. You either push a guy to be better, which is what you hope, or Katie York just crumbles under the pressure of having another guy there and then you never really know. And then inevitably he goes somewhere else and kicks really well for somebody. You just talked about the plot of Whiplash, the movie, but it's okay. Never seen it before. With Miles Teller yeah. and uh, J.K. Simmons? Yeah. yeah. No, it's a great movie. J.K. Simmons. Simmons, my yeah. bad. Yeah, no. No, it's an incredible movie. I, yeah, that's like one of my, uh, I rate all my movies on an app, and that's very high. Yeah. It's like a four out of five just, or a four and a half, I think. You just described the whole plot, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of did. It. Yeah, you kind of did, yeah. It's, wow. But it's true. What a way to end the podcast. Yeah. Talking about Whiplash. That's a great movie. Uh, yeah. So next uh, episode, we'll have a review of Whiplash. Um, <laughs> no, no, we will great not. Great movie. Yeah. Love it. But I, I do love movies. I do. I can tell. Yeah. You work at a movie theater. I do work so at a movie theater, sense. so that would um, it would add up. Yes. But uh, I think that about wraps it up. You want to uh, plug the socials? Yeah, sure. Uh, Mistake by the Take on Instagram. MBB, MBTT Pod on Twitter. Jake Volnick on I believe Instagram Correct. and then Twitter is Volnick too. I'm DY Felt on Instagram and Twitter. And then follow us on Spotify and wherever else you listen to our podcast. Hit a notification bell. Yada bing, yada boom. Deuces. We'll see you. Yo.